way back um, you know in, in 12th grade when i was uh, 2002 3 time frame so uh, during that 18 month window i actually dropped a year i joined uh, five different disciplines across three engineering colleges so i had a you know quite a bit of experience there itself like how hard it is for learners and especially you know i'm an, i think i am an above average student but i had a hard time really focusing on and i wasn't self motivated to learn you're absolutely preaching to the choir so i totally know what you mean <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure there are students like me. You know, uh, see the top ones and the people, the top of the top cream, right? They don't need even teachers if for all you know, right? They will study on their own. But then there is that 98, 97 percent of the population that needs that extra push, mm. and that's what I, I really felt was lacking. And then it, the learning wasn't fun. It didn't just, uh, you know, it wasn't like I was excited about doing. And yeah, you're just doing it for the sake of it, honestly. So I think that's what really uh, hit home when when I was looking out what what I how I can give back and how I can really you know do something on my own and education came so close to me because it was a personal connection and I had right. gone through that horrific experience. Uh, I was just glad I graduated at the time, right? From uh, <laughs> and actually I graduated from Bangalore uh, for Varvi College of Engineering uh, from a computer science department. Actually, I did fairly. <laughs> Really decent there. Right. With this entire tenure of setting up something like this and things like that, and and moving through that eco space of you know STEM learning and things like that, what's the number one problem we have with education today? Is it everything you just referred to, or is there something more that you'd like to touch upon? So I think one problem that I see is that education has not really changed. When I was in school, fifteen. Maybe seventeen years ago. Am I giving out my age? But whatever, right? So I, th- I don't think anything has changed, even in this time frame that I have personally witnessed. And when I speak to people, and uh, you know, it hasn't changed over decades and centuries, and it's largely the same. Uh, you know, standardized teaching, mm. one to many, was really prevalent. I would say really prevalent and needed in the industrial revolution and that era where sure. everything had to be very standardized for an assembly line production. But I think over time, the learners have changed and the demand has changed. But the learning teaching uh, ecosystem and the delivery of education has really not changed, and we are not able to keep our learners very engaged, very curious. very agile uh, and that really doesn't serve well in the long term anyway for employability also correct so i think that's what the need of the hour kind of was for us which i think is has to change and will change this decade is so important for education as a whole uh, globally uh, where i think these gaps will eventually get really redefined uh, as i keep saying right 10 years hence we don't even know what kind of jobs we will in, be into we have right. no clue those job descriptions those resumes those job openings we have no clue so we unless we are really really agile learners we know how to learn how to learn better and how to learn quickly and that's where experiential learning really really comes into the picture just to give you an example you would never learn riding a bicycle watching a youtube video yeah true right because that doesn't make sense uh, you have to get on the bike fall a couple of times and then really learn experientially and once you've done that you pick up a cycle after 20 years you'll know how to ride it that that stickiness that's where we need to get to all right i'll tell you what let's uh, quickly slip into a break and we'll come back on the other side and we'll actually break this down a little bit further in the meanwhile um if you haven't checked out practically online charu website best place to check them out yeah yeah practically.com just plug in your number and just get started go to android play store or ios app store download the app and get going super we'll come back with them in just a bit stay with us There are people who complain about blues and there are people who listen to Good Morning Bangalore with K. Let's go. 94.3 Radio 1 
One World, your station. I'm in conversation with uh, Charu Noheria, who's joining me all the way from California this morning. She's the COO and co-founder of Practically, that's trying to evolve experiential learning, you know, in an app format, specifically focused on classes 6 to 12, the focus being on STEM learning. This is Hashtag Tech the Change. All systems stand by to transmit now. This is Good Morning Bangalore with K. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking through the different needs for education over this entire decade. Some of the classes that you guys offer, and I find this extremely hard, STEM space in India, like you said right before the break, it's not changed so much. We're still following syllabi that, you know, has been there for so many X number of years. STEM seems to be the fastest evolving space in, in, in business. It's one that is constantly changing, but the education part of it is not kept up. What are some of the future trends in learning that you see industry employing over the next coming years, particularly, Charu? So, great question. I, I feel some of the trends that are emerging, so why STEM is moving quicker than the others, my take on that is one, it is global. It is kind of universal, right? These are some of the most dry concepts that students really struggle with. And also the moment you get into social sciences and a lot of other, uh, you know, language-based subjects, it becomes more regional, uh, more, you know, defined by country to country. Uh, but STEM is largely universal in nature. Newton's law of motion is not going to change around the world. So it's it's fairly easy to crack that piece. And I think that's what which students also struggle with. Now, some of the trends that are going to be uh, on is one is hands-on learning because uh, that is going to cut the learner time, learning time and the learner's journey uh, into by, I would say, 80%. That's the impact of hands-on learning and experiential learning. So that's, uh, I would say, a number one trend that is going to emerge. Uh, a lot of startups, a lot of uh, activities happening in that area to find the best way to deliver some of this concept. And this is what the you know number one trend would be. The second would be, I think, skill building, right? Uh, so skills is again, you know, we talk about 21st century skills. We talk of a lot of skill-based uh, learning. So I think those skills continue to evolve, right? How, how do we can make these learners really skillful? We always talk about the gap, right? That even after going through all of this 12 plus another four years of learning, still you have to go through a one year of training program to meet the benchmark of a company. Or why these, you know, we spit out so many engineers every year and still these engineers are not even capable of putting a radio together. Yeah, right? the, the funny uh, thing is the employability has dropped dramatically for people like that because they're just doing it for the degree. There's okay. no practical application like you, like, you know, like you very rightfully said. I think those are some of those trends uh, that would really, really hit home with learners and mm. with employers. I think a lot of employers will love to sponsor some of these yeah. upskilling, uh, you know, efforts as well. So I think upskilling is again something I've, I've seen people switching to software engineering and software coding at age 45, 50 also because they know that some of these other professions are going to get deprecated over years, right? So they have to consistently be in the learning curve. So I think it's it's an interesting space. I mean, I think learners are evolving. It's not just K-12. That's a segment we are in. But I think it's across the learning journey and learning never stops. Right. Where we are seeing innovation. I'll tell you one of my predictions when we come back from the break, okay? And uh, you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong. It's just a hunch. <laughs> but we'll do that in just a bit. Charun Arya is joining me all the way from 
California this morning. Their startup is actually a Hyderabad-based startup, if I'm not mistaken. You're Hyderabad-based. Yes. So we'll chat about this entire you know thing that they've been doing a little bit more on the other side on Tech for Change. Come back with us. Looking forward to partying on the weekend is so yesterday when you have a party on the airwaves every morning. Every morning. You're with Kay. One world, your station. This morning on the show, we've been chatting with Charu Noheria, who's the co-founder and COO down at Practically, a beautiful little app looking at experiential, interactive, and immersive learning for classes, particularly between 6 to 12, focus on STEM learning. This is Hashtag This is Good Morning Bangalore with K. Charu, before the break, I told you that uh, I would tell you one of my predictions. I think you guys are also already dabbling in this, but I'll say it anyways. I have a feeling that when it comes to learning, AR or augmented reality is going to be a big way forward and building those systems to actually help kids learn with AR is probably the next way forward. Kids will not be in schools anymore. I think they'll be plugging in from home. I think they'll be using AR headsets and learning like that. And that's a very immersive experience. Yes, absolutely. So hands-on learning, as I was earlier mentioning, can be achieved with multiple uh, technologies coming together, right? So augmented reality, and that's what practically is really, really turning on, turning heads around is for augmented reality simulations, virtual reality experiences, very, very immersive movie-like experiences where you really interact with the surroundings, with your experience as well, right? So yes, absolutely, you're right. That is going to be the uh, next big wave. And you're right, right? Most of this can be done from home. So you can, you know, I keep saying that you'll go to school for playing and most of the learning will really happen at home. So, you know, that's the future we are looking to. Uh, have you seen the movie Tron? No, I haven't. <laughs> I actually, my line of business, don't really get time to watch movies. <laughs> I think Tron is a very apt definition of where learning will be. So I don't know if you ever get time to check it out. I think Tron will be the next way. Forward. Definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a silly Disney movie, but it makes so much sense. Or there's another one also which I'm forgetting. But when I do remember, I, I will let you know. More to the parents. Uh, I, I would love for this for you to end this by kind of telling us your your parting message to parents who are in a weird eco space right now because for the longest time you've been told that computers, the internet, learning over there, exposing your kids to learning there is a dangerous thing and you should try and restrict that as much as they can. Uh, Parents of this generation probably never grew up in the eco space and ecosystem that kids are growing up today. What would particularly be your message to parents out there when it comes to this type of learning and Let's be honest, it's scary for them. See, there are, I mean, the recent parents, I'm telling you, the, the there are obviously kids who have gone into that age of learning, but the recent parents, at least in my, uh, the millennials, so to speak, they're actually, they're just happy giving the kid a phone and just shutting them off, right? So I don't know what, you know, what uh, parents we are not happy with that. But anyway, jokes apart, this is inevitable, right? This is, this is where we are, right? I mean, if... Uh, 20, 30 years ago, if you didn't want to give your child a a slate and a chalk piece, that would be very untoward and very, you know, uh, weird. And that's almost that that how it is for today, not giving a child a tablet device or an access to internet. It's just something which is so, um, you know, uh, it is just when we are all the time out there on the internet and with all these devices that are part and parcel of our 
home and our life set uh keeping them deprived is not going to happen they will get access to it via a friend or a school or a playmate or you know however right so i think the more you think about not giving them access you're actually exposing them to go behind your back and then getting them access so i think it's just like how you introduce your children to uh, having alcohol for the first time it's always good for you to do it rather than them discovering it on their own uh, by means which are outside of the accepted circle right so i think this is inevitable technology is is happening and the earlier we accept as parents is better and obviously there are some boundaries that we may have to set up uh, for safe usage of technology but as long as we are cognizant of that i think it's it's a wonderful uh, thing to do learning is everywhere uh, and there is so much available today for learning um, that our kids should definitely get benefited Super. it reduces their learning journey by by bounds and leaps and bounds yeah i want to say this has been a fun bit of conversation and i want to thank you for kind of taking out the time to kind of chat about this and i i wish you and your entire team at practically all the very best this is a highly i know it's a highly competitive space also so i wish you all the very best and uh, more than that here's to the future of learning <laughs> thank you so much k thank you so much uh, Take care. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, get to know him off air too. Have you followed him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter yet? At Off Air with K. Slide into his DMs now. Ninety-four point three. Radio One. One World, your station.